I want to relate a story that goes back to the 1950s, 1959 in fact. I spent my first year at university in Vancouver, the quite beautifully located University of British Columbia. Then a small campus of 8,000 students. Now a sprawling campus of a first-class university uh, with several tens of thousands. But this is about my prowess at athletics. I joined a club called the Ramblers Club on the university campus in my first year. I'd been something of a sprinter at school. Not first class, but not bad. And I joined the Ramblers and ran under their colors in intervarsity sports. I wasn't bad, but I wasn't great. I found out that there were a number of Jamaican students that year who were faster than I were, than I was. Uh, and I had some problems uh, keeping up with them. And yet, it's the old adage that if you keep at it, you improve. And before the end of the season, if I didn't actually beat them, I wasn't far behind them in seconds. But it was the summer of 1959 when I really reached my prowess as an athlete. If you look in the record books, you won't find, and in those days it was miles, not meters, you won't find my name against the half mile for a world record, and you won't find it against the high jump for a world record, but for a brief moment, I held them both. And it happened in the middle of the mountains, the mountain range in the Rockies, between two small Canadian communities called Revelstoke and Golden. No road joined Revelstoke and Golden directly through the mountains. And I got a job as a student working, building the Trans-Canada Highway between those two points. It was a very remote area. And when I got off the train, I couldn't believe <laughs> what I'd let myself in for. Uh, but nonetheless, it was an interesting summer. I was nothing more than a labourer. I would go out onto what was known as the grade, which was the new road being built. I was given a shovel and quite often I shoveled dirt from one pile to another. But before the end of that summer, I became a, an assistant powder man and worked with an old Swede and we blew up parts of the mountain, knocking it down so that the road could be built through it. 
It was so remote that you couldn't get in or out except by train. And that was once a week. On a Sunday, <laughs> there wasn't even television. You read whatever you could find. You chatted. You dozed. It was boring. So when the foreman offered opportunities to go up into the mountains or on the mountainside and dig test holes to see if there was any pebbles, any shale underneath the soft surface which would help build the road, I did, jumped at the opportunity. I so did everybody else. But we were well-spaced, and I was well away from anybody else. Busy digging my little hole. Hey-ho, hey-ho, off to work we go. With shovel and pick, and I had a shovel and no pick, and I was digging away. And I heard the rattle of some pebbles up on the railway line. I didn't pay too much attention, because the railway gangs were much the same as we were. They were bored on a weekend, and would make extra money by going out and testing track uh, on a Sunday afternoon. When I looked up just a little while later, to my horror, lumbering down the mountain was a grizzly bear. It was a grizzly. You can tell it by a distinctive hump uh, on its shoulders, apart from its size. I threw my shovel down and took off down the mountainside, where the spring runoff still meant there were inches of mud. I had huge boots on, but with the thought that the grizzly was coming down to have his Sunday lunch behind me, sent me hurtling down the track for half a mile, which I covered in record time. I turned a corner in the track, and there ahead of me was a D9 Caterpillar tractor. A D9 was the biggest bulldozer but was made in those days. And it stood almost two stories high if you measured it by a house. The driver swore that I did not touch any part of his bulldozer when I leapt from the track up to his seat and sat down beside him, gripping the sides of the bulldozer as if my life depended upon it and I really did believe that my life did depend upon it expecting the grizzly to come lumbering around the corner at any moment and fearing that even up against the driver of this huge lumbering machine that the huge lumbering grizzly might just find a way to get up there so within minutes of each other I broke the world half-mile record and the world high-jump record 
that only the driver of the Caterpillar tractor was there to be my witness. And I never did get his name even at the time. So searching for him now to verify me in the record books, he, even in the Guinness Book of Records, is to no avail. The only witness to my huge triumph of crowning glory when I stood on a British Columbia mountain and roared to the world that I was a first-class, in fact, world-class athlete, is me. I am the only one that can swear to the veracity of this story. So, I have to live with the fact that I am a world-class athlete, but nobody but me knows it. (laughs) Well, I hope that this story helps young athletes to know that when you're scared as hell, you can break all sorts of records and achieve all sorts of feats that you wouldn't normally do. You wouldn't normally achieve in normal circumstances. Thank you for listening. I hope that you will applaud as I step up to get my trophy for the half mile and for the high jump. Toodle pip. <laughs>